Okay, folks, it's time for another episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. Now, I'm sure a lot of you are looking at my title saying, what is this guy doing? Because this is the second episode in a row where he's mentioning zombies. Archers being eaten by the walking dead. What's going on? Well, no, I haven't lost my marbles, though some will claim that happened a long time ago. This is really a thing about trying to get through to people what's really going on. And over the last couple of weeks and months, I've seen a lot of things since I've been back regularly that are really disturbing. And I figured I better start putting out some content related to it. So this is just another one of those in my book that will appear in the Necronomicon as well. A thing about what's happening and people don't even realize it sometimes. So obviously, not all archers are being eaten by the walking dead. Well, at least nobody I've seen for real being eaten by the walking dead. But when we talk zombies, I would suppose you have to find that a lot of coaches, not all, but a lot, are doing you about as much good as a zombie gnawing at your leg while you're trying to shoot. I mean, in essence, if you have a coach or an instructor or whatever, they're there to help you, to make you work on getting better. Not just to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, you're doing fine, whatever. Because if you think about it, if they're not there to help you, what are they there for? Instead of gnawing at your leg, they're gnawing at your wallet. I mean, they're getting paid for it, but are they not doing you any good? So while zombies gnawing at your legs and all that, being eaten by the walking dead, is a really graphic description, in a way, it's kind of true. Because there's a lot of coaches out there, like I said, not all, but a lot, who are doing exactly that. And I know I've done episodes in the past where I rant about crappy coaches and instructors. It's just a thing. As a coach, the one thing that really upsets me is seeing another coach doing the wrong thing. You know, and then it occurred to me, do people even know that the coaches are doing a number of them at all? And the overall answer to that, from what I've seen, is no. So in this episode, we're going to look at some red flags that your instructor coach is a zombie eating your time and and your wallet. So let's get started. First, like all the Walking Dead, zombie coaches, trainers, whatever you want to call them, all have some characteristics in common that should be giving them away. Straight up, if you know what to look for, It's kind of obvious. Not as obvious as rotting flesh hanging off of them, but if you observe close enough, the red flags will be there. So let's start with the basic of most basics. You've already gotten a coach or an instructor. I'll get into the difference later on. People always ask me, what's the difference between a coach and an instructor? There is some difference, however... The red flags are the same for both, depending on what's going on. Okay? So you've 
contracted a coach, you've contracted uh, an instructor, you've hired them, you're giving them your money in the first place. And actually, this even applies to people who aren't taking money from you, but could still be doing you a disservice. So don't make this all about money. Unfortunately, in today's day and age, it kind of is most of the time, but there are some people who, for one reason or another, are wasting your time as well. And when it comes to learning, getting better, that sort of thing, wasting someone's time, stealing their money, they equate exactly the same to me. A ripoff. So, like I said, right from the beginning, obvious sign number one, red flag, that there's a zombie at your range and he's coaching you, it all begins with the warm-up. Now, some people will say, well, we don't even warm up. Okay. So you just get right to it. In that case, then you can skip this part of it. But for those of you who do warm up and you should be at least stretching or moving your muscles or doing something, that's what I consider a warm-up. However, your zombie playbook number one says your warm-up is just go over there, shoot for 15 minutes, get yourself warmed up. And I've heard this one about eight times in the last week. Shoot for 15 minutes, get yourself warmed up, and then we'll start our lesson. Meantime, the clock started, because most coaches charge by the hour. So the clock started already, and the first 15 minutes of your lesson is going to be shooting on your own, quote-unquote, warming up. Like I said, I can understand stretching and all that, and even still, if they said your 15 minutes of warm-up is stretching and all that, that's a problem. Because you can do that before your lesson starts. It shouldn't be considered part of your lesson unless they're teaching you how to do this warm-up with the stretching and all that. Especially with kids, because they can get hurt really easily. So let's just say you're paying to learn. What's the purpose of being told... Go warm up for 15 minutes on your own, and we'll start to work. It's flat-out stupid and a waste of time. They could be practicing bad form. Your kids, you, doesn't make a difference, could be practicing bad form for 15 minutes, which will do absolutely no good except for reinforcing bad habits. And also, if it's a kid and they're just getting started, they have a limited amount of energy endurance that they can they can spend because they're still developing those muscles new newbies beginners whatever you want to call them they all have one thing in common they've probably never done this before so they haven't developed the muscles they haven't developed the endurance to go for a very long time And actually, they shouldn't be trying to beat progress into you by working them until they can't do it anymore. Bodybuilding, stuff like that, they all have like that that quit performance when you keep going until you can't go no more. Not so in archery. And anyone who tells you that is an idiot. So doing that, wasting the first 15 minutes is a red flag number one. Because like I said, 
You're wasting 15 minutes, okay, shooting on your own if that's what they're having you do. Or if they're telling you to stretch for 15 minutes, they're wasting 15 minutes stretching of your lesson time. With the case of youngsters or even people just starting new into this, it's 15 minutes of unmonitored shooting where you could be reinforcing bad habits. All these red flags. There's number one. But here's a bigger problem with this first red flag. Me personally, if I was the student, I'd feel that I was being cheated. See, it's like this. You get a limited amount of time to work out, okay? Most students practice two, say three times in a week at most, especially with some JOAD programs. They're usually like twice a week maybe, some three times a week if they if they got a lot a lot of kids in there and they, they want to really try to give them as much opportunity as possible. But if you think about that, okay, Say you're paying for three times a week, three hours of lessons, okay? Now calculate 15 minutes from every lesson. What is that? It's 45 minutes. So out of your three hours, you've wasted nearly a third on nothing, potentially doing yourself damage or letting them do damage to your child, even worse than my book. Basically, you're paying for three hours and giving them one hour for free where they don't have to do anything to earn the money that you're paying them. Red flag. Now, it's it's a thing that maybe a coach was taught that way, okay? But it's not an excuse. There's no excuse for continuing a terrible cycle. And... I've seen it over and over, this whole thing of they've got to warm up first. And like I said, this big red flag is a big deal. But it's, if you start seeing that, then you really got to start looking for the other red flags. Okay? I mean, I personally have students that need different things that need sharpening. Okay? I could tell them. I, you know, j- just start getting yourself together. You know, get a couple shots and whatever. And I used to do that. Not 15 minutes worth of it, but I used to do it. Get a couple shots in and we'll start. You know, I figured, well, maybe they just need to acclimate back to to shooting and stuff like that if they haven't done it in a couple days. And then I actually came to the conclusion that that was counterproductive. Because they're there to be coached. And if they're not being coached, they can't actively correct anything because they're not being told, hey, Here's something that you're doing wrong. Here's how we can improve this, that sort of thing. That's what I'm there for. And when I say this to another coach or an instructor or something like that, they usually get pretty pissed off at me because they come off and say, who are you to tell me how to do this? I'm like, well, I've been doing this a hell of a lot longer than you. Because mind you, a lot of these coaches have only started in the last couple of years. I'm doing this over 30 years so I can actually tell somebody, uh, yeah, I'm doing this for 30 years. How long are you doing it? Five? Your students don't look too happy to me. And the fact is the parents are coming to me asking me what the hell you're doing. So, yeah, even if they were taught that way, no excuse for it. 
what I usually shoot back at them is, you know, you're telling them just to warm up and all that. Dude, I don't know if you're just trying to fill time. I don't know what the deal is. But whatever it is, you're not helping them. And then they usually get pissed off and storm off. So, the other red flag to look at is, if they're just telling you to do that, right? What they should be doing is telling you, giving you, providing you with drills. See, because each student is very individual. So each student's going to need to work on something different. A coach or an instructor has to look at a student and say, okay, Bobby, he has a problem with his grip. So I'm going to have him do something to work on his grip. Jenny over here, she's got an issue with keeping her arm up after the shot. We're going to work on how to do that. Nikki's got a problem with balance. We're going to work on a balance drill. They come up with drills that you can do on your own because now you're being told what to work on for that one thing while they're still watching you. Drills. The purpose of a drill is to try to reinforce a good form behavior. Red flag number two that I'm mentioning is if your coach or instructor hasn't crafted a drill of some kind based on what your potential issue is or what your personal need is as an archer, what are they actually doing for you? If they're not going to take the time to say, I'm customizing this for you, then they are wasting your time and taking your money. Flat out, simple as, as that. And when I say drills, they're watching you do things. See, this is why I have a problem with large classes with only one instructor. I don't do them. Even when I'm teaching a seminar, I'll do it and I'll say, I'll have like three other assistants with me, and we kind of limit the student ratio to three to one, four to one at the most. So if you're teaching a JOAD class, there should be multiple coaches and instructors there. So that coach, when they're giving you a drill to do just to get you warmed up, should be watching you do it. From the minute that's go, they should be with you, guiding you through it. They've constructed a drill format for you to work on your routines, part of your routine that needs some shoring up, and then they're watching you do it and saying, okay, you're doing it kind of like this. We need to improve it by doing this. Because just telling somebody to repeat something over and over again is pointless. I'm going to give you an example. So one of the common drills that I do is called a letdown drill. I'll have them draw up the bow, focus on the target, and then let it down. Now, some people, particularly adults, don't have the ability to do this. There's drill number one. We're going to start by drawing... Holding on the target, okay, let down. If you just tell somebody to go do that and they have any kind of phobias about letting down or they're, you know, trigger Mickey who's just going to shoot right away the minute it goes on the target, it's going to be almost impossible for them to do it. But if you're there with them, you can help them. And then once you see that they're starting to adapt and understand, you have to set a goal. So you can say, okay, fine. Today you're going to do 12 letdowns. You're going to draw 
15 times, you're going to shoot three out of those 15, but 12 of them you're going to let down. Start with two like that. Two you're going to let down, 13 you're going to shoot, and then keep on increasing. The idea being that, like I said, telling somebody to repeat something is completely pointless without any end goal. You have to keep moving the goalpost. Just repeating something over and over is not going to do any good. Repeating with a goal, practicing with a goal, results in improvement. And once they hit that goal, you move the goal further away, they get more improvement, keep going like that, and there will always be improvement. Even if the improvement gets small, because at first the improvement milestones are really big. Because you're going from very little skill to suddenly gaining more skill, and something might click at different points and make it work for the best. Now, the other thing is, besides all of that, if a student is doing something over and over again and doesn't see any improvement, they're going to get discouraged. Being discouraged leads to wanting to quit. If you're paying somebody who is not putting any amount of effort into increasing someone's enthusiasm, increasing someone's appreciation for for the sport itself, then that's red flag number three. If they aren't making it an environment that your student be it an adult or a child, wants to keep coming back for, they are doing you a disservice. Compare them to a zombie. If you're going to go to a, let's see, what example can I use? If you're going to go to an amusement park, you're going to go to all the rides that you like. But if you're the type of person who gets scared easily or doesn't like something like roller coasters, Are you going to want to go to an amusement park that's only roller coasters? Probably not. Well, guess what? That coach, if he's creating an environment that the person who is the student does not appreciate and does not find fun, they're the zombie waiting for them every time they get to the range. And sometimes kids are scared of zombies. They develop a fear of the zombie. Even adults won't want to be around that zombie. That's a problem. So notice red flag. Now, the other thing is, if you bring someone to be coached or instructed, okay, And the first thing they do, day one, is give you another student to to teach you. Red flag number three. I don't care if it's a group lesson or not. If you're paying for coaching and they pawn you off on a student, regardless of whether or not they're the greatest of their students, it doesn't make a difference. And I see this a lot, especially with kids. They'll say, here, this kid's been in the program. Here, you go and get them started. What is the point of that? Well, 
sometimes they're going to say it's okay because they're learning from someone their own age. They have a little bit more in common with them. Well, that's not always true. And sometimes it's even more damaging than you might actually know. You see, as a coach, okay, you're taught how to deal with different personalities, or I would hope you've taken the training to do that. If you're in USA Archery, we have different certifications, and part of the certification when you get into the coaching level is you have to take safe sport, learn how to deal with kids, mental management, a whole bunch that goes with it. Well, what you probably don't realize is that person, that kid that they're pointing them off on, or if it's another student, if it's an adult, whatever, okay? They might have bad habits themselves. And the fact is, sometimes they've been doing it a while, okay? They're not trained to be a coach. Remember, you came to see a coach or an instructor. They're not trained to do that. And when they're trying to show somebody how to do something, they might get really frustrated because that person is not picking it up very quickly. That's a huge problem. Because that, when the coach is not looking, could turn into some really big problems because all of a sudden, that first interaction they have with someone who's trying to teach them could be really bad. Oh, that guy's arrogant. That Because the student may inadvertently not realize, I'm talking about the one that you're handing them off to, may not realize that they're talking down to this person just because they're not familiar. How many times have I seen people not know where the knock of an arrow is? Yet someone says, oh, knock your arrow, and they just stand there like, what are you talking about? They're brand new. They have no idea what they're talking about. Simple for a group lesson, yes. But when you hand somebody off to, to a student to teach them who's not trained for this, even little things like that can become a problem. They may get annoyed, frustrated, and take it out on this beginner. And that is completely unacceptable. So if the first thing the coach does is hand them off to another student, walk away. This is not what you want to deal with. Now, you'll, you'll realize that with my, my particular brand of coaching, I believe in teaching people without them really realizing that they're learning. So, like I said, there's the drills, there's the little things I mentioned in some of the previous podcasts you can do, okay? And that all helps them to do stuff that they can take home with them. Those things are not meant to be done at the range. The range is time to really, really take that small percentage of time you have available during the week, that time you're actually paying for, and say, we're going to work on this. This is what you need the most improvement on. All those other drills, the learning without really learning and stuff like that, yes, it creates the mental programs to help you become a better archer. Completely true. But there's no place for them on the range when you're paying for a lesson. So while I may do that to help to show you the first time, that's the exception. After that, you already know what it is because they're very simple motions and you're going home and you're doing that. Anyone who 
says, here, here's a tool over here. Go in the corner and practice with this tool. They give you a TheraBand. Here, go draw back like that. We're going to do this for 40 minutes today. Red flag number three. They're doing that, okay? And basically, they're just pushing you off to the corner. Sometimes I've seen this happen when a coach or an instructor doesn't know how to fill that hour. And sometimes it's just because it's not that you don't know how to fill that hour. They're just trying to make it easy on themselves. Not on the student, on themselves. So that's a red flag. They do that, look somewhere else. If they do it once or twice, again, everyone makes mistakes. But if you see a repeated pattern of this, avoid it like the plague. Remember, you're paying for this. In the end, you're, you're, you're the best judge to know, am I getting what I'm paying for? And these guidelines that I'm giving you, the red flags to look for, to look for those zombie coaches and instructors, should be able to help you with that. And the last red flag that I'm going to get into, it's going to sound very basic, but it's also not. If you're paying for coaching, unless it's specifically stated this is a group lesson that no one person will be coached individually, which most people do not pay for. If you're in a JOAD group, there should be individual coaching as part of it. Or it should be just more of a shooting fee because you're using the range instead of learning. But if it's a group lesson, let's just say, okay, my problem with general instruction during a group lesson and again, I limit it to three, max four to one for these things. My general problem with that is, and this is why I don't do them too much, you can't throw a bunch of things at a student and expect him to learn. It doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. See, it's the same effect that you have as throwing a can of paint splashing on a wall some of it's going to stick but the rest is just going to trickle down and make a mess when you take a bunch of instruction and you just throw it at a student remember this 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 and this as a group one or two things might stick the rest of it's just going to run off going to go in going to go in one ear and out the other as they say each student's individual each student has a different learning pace teaching as a group unless you have many assistants with you so that the one coach is saying what needs to be worked on and then the other coaches are monitoring what's going on is kind of counterproductive. So that's another red flag for you right there. In general, to avoid the zombie coaches, it doesn't take a lot. Use your head. You can see it coming a mile away sometimes if you know what to look for. And hopefully these red flags will keep you safe and your child safe and help you to avoid the graveyard so that you don't run into one of these zombie cash-eating coaches or instructors. And again, I want to reiterate that not all coaches are like this. But in today's day and age, you're going to run into people who are either lazy don't care, or just there for the almighty dollar and want to get 
through the lesson as fast as possible so they can move on to their next one. Don't become a victim of a zombie. Keep a sharp eye out. And you'll avoid all the problems. So, that'll do it for this uh, particular topic. We're going to move on to our listener emails, and we have two of them handpicked for such this occasion and subject. Roger M. from Lansing, Michigan writes, Hi, Coach. My daughter Stephanie and I really enjoy listening to your podcast, and we get a lot out of them. That's great. Stephanie is 11 and has been shooting for just over a year. I've been shooting 10 years and taught her what I know, and she's done pretty well. A few months back, she took an interest in competition, and I think it was because she liked the wild-looking target bow colors, but she told us she wanted to compete anyway. First thing we did was hire a coach who frequents our range. At $65 an hour, for a beginner, okay, um, we expected a lot out of each lesson. What we got was somewhat less. I smell flags coming. She basically stood there and watched and kept telling her to keep her arm up. Nothing on form or follow through or, frankly, anything we've heard on your podcast. Stephanie wasn't improving. I talked to this coach about what we should start to work on with her form or anything that would improve her scores. I mean, she started shooting the low 240s and hasn't improved at all. She's had a total of nine lessons in the past month. So you spent, well, almost 600 bucks. What she said to me sounded unusual and frankly pissed me off. So I thought I would write you for some advice. It was track when I'm reading this. She basically told me the kids have to improve organically. I don't like the sound of this already. She doesn't see any point in trying to correct or even change her form as it will go in one ear or out the other. Remember what I said before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, not in this case. She says just supporting them is all they need unless they do something dangerous. There's no need for any correcting. They will get better with time. Needless to say, I am not scheduling any lessons with that one again. I just don't get it. She's got about 20 students at our range, including adults. But if this is all she provides, it makes no sense. What advice can you give us about this? Thanks in advance for any help you can give us. This is a classic example of a zombie coach. Only this zombie talks and can spew some completely utter nonsense to justify the lack of what they're doing. Complete idiot. In reality, okay, kids are no different than adults. They're there for a purpose, to learn. Treating them like some zen idiot thinking that they're going to get better on their own, that they're just going to magically absorb your skill will do nothing but discourage them because they won't see any improvement. Like I said, they're just like adults. If they want to compete, they're going to put in the work and absorb the info like a sponge. If they're not there to compete, they're there to have fun, they still want to hit their target, they still need to see improvement. This coach is no better than a dead tree stump. I'm telling you. If you want to charge somebody $65 an hour just to stand there and do nothing... I would rather see them go out, get a piece of wood from the yard, stand it up next to, next, to, next to that little girl, and the wood will accomplish the same exact damn thing. So I emailed them back after getting this, okay? And I said, you're dealing with a zombie. You're dealing with somebody 
who's going to claim that Zen will help the student improve, that I'm just going to say one or two little things and they're supposed to magically get better. Well, you used up nine lessons at $65 an hour. I'd say that Zen's not working. What this is doing is essentially stealing from you because this person doesn't want to do anything. Now, maybe they don't know any better. Maybe they're just a complete, utter moron and idiot. Or maybe there's something more sinister to it where they don't really care and just want to collect that dollar. In either case, don't get bitten by the zombie again. Find someone else. And in this case, what I suggested was interview that coach before you give them your money. Watch them teach some other lessons and ask them, hey, this is what we're looking for. Do you one-on-one interact with the student the whole lesson? Make a list of all the red flags and just say, do you do this? Do you do this? How do you start, start off? And if they're like, you know, you're asking a lot of questions, you're damn right I am. It's my money, my child. And I want to know what we're going to get before I go ahead and risk something. Especially if they want you to sign a contract for like for a certain block, block of lessons. Because once you commit, you're committed. And if it turns out this person sucks, you're stuck with them until the end of that contract. And while they're not as bad as some gyms and stuff like that, I've seen some doozies. So ask in advance, go through the list. You see a red flag or two, ask them about it. And if they don't back off of it, Fine. Someone else. There's nothing forcing you to take that person as the instructor. Our second question comes from Mary C. from Portland, Oregon. And she writes, Hi there. My daughter Sammy has been shooting for three years. She's now 12 and started with a Joad group just this past fall. As part of the program, we had to purchase a new target bow and all the accessories from the coach. Yeah. I got to admit, I read this one before. I've talked to them. I've helped them at this point already. I was breaking some stuff at home when I read this. You'll find out why in a second. So, we had to purchase a new target bow and all the accessories from the coach. He wants to keep them standardized. Okay. This puts us in a financial bind, but as, as it is, but we made do and got it for her. From the start, we saw something was wrong as she had such a hard time pulling the bow back. That's a problem. I myself mentioned that to the coach, and all he said was that all the kids start with the same weight, which is 35 pounds. This is a 12-year-old we're talking about. Yeah, I'm not good with that, but go on. I'm not familiar with whether or not that is normal or not, but soon after the first lessons with this bow, she started to come home with sore shoulders, and we started to to get concerned when the teacher from her gym class called us to let us know he was, she was having a hard time with pain at school. I put two and two together and spoke to the coach. And all he told me was that this is only temporary and she needs to keep with it and it'll get stronger. Sammy is the smallest girl in the group at just five feet tall. The bow is physically heavy for her, as it is, but now I'm really getting concerned. She's done the program for five weeks now but has gotten to the point she doesn't want to go anymore because of the discomfort. She can barely carry her bag to school anymore. I took her to the doctor. They took x-rays and a battery of tests. She has a severely strained shoulder 
and the inflammation is pretty bad. They suggested that whatever she was doing, it was damaging her internally. I immediately went back to the coach, and he just said she'll get over it. If she doesn't continue, if she continues, it'll hurt her more as... Oh, yeah. I immediately went back to the coach, and he just said she'll get over it. If she doesn't continue, that it will hurt her more as she's interrupting the muscle development cycle. It's been two weeks since she last shot, and her swelling has gone down, but I'm not taking her back. My brother Fred is a listener of yours and suggested I contact you. What should I do? Yeah, I paused for a second there because when I read this, I have a zombie target in my shop. Kids love to shoot at it. And since this all has to do with zombies anyway, I literally beat up on the zombie because it incensed me so much about what this idiot zombie coach is doing. Only in his case, I don't think he's such a... He's doing it out of, like, I don't know any better. I think he's just an utter moron in a horse's ass. Start with the fact that, oh, I want all the kids to have standardized equipment. Okay, fine. Here's a list of stuff you go out and get. Pick it up. Come back. He's forcing them to buy it from them in the first place. Eh, red flag. Then, they're all going to shoot the same weight. So you're going to actually tell me that somebody who's five feet tall, somebody who's five five tall, can all pull the same weight from get-go with a target bow that, from the picture they sent me, was way too maxed out for this. I mean, I saw at least 12 ounces of weight in the front and like another 15 in the back. This is not Mike Schlosser shooting. If you don't know who that is, he's an international shooter. Go look him up. He shoots more, more weight on his target bow than Godzilla. So the bow is too heavy, and all he can tell her is, like, they all start with the same. But then when she started to have a problem, he says, oh, she's just developing. She'll get through it? Really? Okay, now we've gone from zombie to predator. Because this guy is pushing a narrative to benefit himself. Not only do you have to buy everything from him, I'm going to make sure everyone's pulling the same thing because I don't want to take the time to adjust it for each and every person. Part of being a coach is you customize the equipment for each and every shooter so that they're comfortable and they're safe. This guy's not doing that. Doesn't want to be bothered with it. Sounds like it. And then when she's really hurting so bad, like her gym teacher notices it, they say she's got severe inflammation, and if she keeps doing this, she's going to damage the shoulder. But worse than that, she doesn't even want to go back. Remember what I said about not wanting to do something? Why would I want to go get bit by a zombie in the same place every week? Because he's causing her pain by doing this. She doesn't want to go back anymore. So needless to say, what I told him was, stay away from this person. If that's the only program in town, I'll coach the kid remotely. I don't care. And I had a talk with her, and I said, your shoulder's healing up. It's going to be fine. They told me who the local shop was over there. I said, do me a favor, take it to the shop, have them give me a call. They called me. I said, hey, how far down can we go on this? Turns out they can only go about eight pounds down. 
they did that. They actually took a lot of the weights off the bow. Set it up for her properly. She's been going back to the range and shooting outside of that Joag group. And while she wants to compete, and there's nothing wrong with that, we got to get her used to using the bow first. So what I told her was, I need you to consult the people at the range to find out if there's another coach who we can get her one-on-ones with outside the Joab program. Because if this is the only guy running the Joab program, you are not exposing this kid to that again. You're the parent, just don't do it. And they have another coach. They charge a fee per, per hour. And it's actually, when they added everything up, a little cheaper than being in the Joad program. I explained to her that she can still participate in Joad, not their program, but in Joad shoots and all that. If she signs up for a Joad program, I have one. She can sign up with me. I can do a video coaching with her every now and then. Not a big deal. But the idea is she's had a lesson with this coach. And it's nothing like that. I've actually talked to the person, and this woman has the kid's interest at heart, and it's going to work out for them. But like I said, all this you you learn to avoid because you're seeing all the red flags. And so that one we got to before it was too late, too much damage, but they're, they're going to be doing well with it. So that'll do it for the listener emails. And now it's time for what you've all been waiting for. Don't be that guy. I'm still working on that one, but whatever. So this week's Don't Be That Guy goes out to coaches who profit from their students. Most may be saying, well, what are you talking about? A coach is getting paid. He's technically profiting from the students. But that's not who I'm talking about. These people are the walking dead that you don't see. That you don't realize are the zombie who's eating away at you. In our last example, that dude was making them buy everything from him. He's forcing them to do something. If you want to be part of my program, you're going to buy stuff from me. Don't be that guy who's savagely taking advantage of someone who's going to be your student. Whether they only take you one lesson or a hundred lessons. It's savage. It's not fair. And it's not right. However, I see a hell of a lot of this. And sometimes, guess what? It's a group of savages together at a range or at a club, or at a shop who participate in a zombie fest of the person who just wants to get started. It's like, I need to take lessons. And the zombies come crawling out of nowhere and are devouring this person and they don't even realize it. So don't be that guy who the minute you hear, I want to take a lesson, the light bulb goes off and you turn into the zombie mode. Try doing the right thing for a change. I'd like to say that this sort of behavior is very rare. Unfortunately, it's not. I know a bunch of ranges near me, clubs near me, where this is a principle that they practice. Oh, if you want to take lessons from me, you got to buy the equipment from me. 
Give me a break on that already. That's stupid. If the student wants to get started, maybe they can't afford what you're saying. And if you want to say, okay, I'd rather you buy it from me, then you have to have options for them. But in no way, shape, or form should you be forcing them to do anything like that. Don't be that guy who takes advantage of someone who doesn't have any options or doesn't know any better. It makes you a groveling zombie that, you know, once they start thinking back on this, it could be a year, a month, doesn't make a difference. They're going to realize what a terrible human being you are for doing that. That you're not just doing that as, oh, it's just business. That ain't business. That's you being greedy. That's you being unreasonable. That's you blocking the gateway to a student learning unless they go through your zombie horde. And it's not right. So just don't do it. And as a student or a parent, Look out for that kind of zombie out there. There are many, and they are all over the place. Well, that one wasn't too bad. Well, anyway, that'll do it for this episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. Another episode coming soon. We're trying to get as much as we can up there. Um, Physically and health-wise, it wasn't good for the last two weeks. So I tried to roll out another episode, but just didn't have it in me. I'll be putting up more as, as we go on. So, if you want to contact us, feel free to email us at highpowerarchery at gmail.com. Visit our website, highpowerarchery.com. Leave us a message. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast so you can be updated on when new episodes are let out. And if you go to our website, subscribe to the newsletter. There's a new there's a new newsletter group that we're signing up in there. We've changed some stuff around. So if you had signed up previously, you have to sign up again um, because we didn't import the old ones in there. We started getting a lot of spam stuff in there. We've changed some of that stuff. So we're, we're trying to find out who the real people are and who are not. But like I said, we're always here to answer questions and help out if we can. So until next time, like we say, it's never goodbye. It's until we meet again. Till then, stay safe. And shoot straight.